הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שבדורנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר. כדורשים אשר בארצנו, אבישחת רבנו הקדוש, צדיק יסוד עולם נחל, נובע מקור חוכמה, רבנו נחמן עושה גבן שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. So ברוך השם, today we start and God willing will finish the last podcast of Likute Mo'aran. And uh, we're going to do a few special manuscripts Rabbeinu wrote on a few different ideas. But Mazal uh, Tov to all those who stuck with us. God willing, we'll go from uh, book to book, from uh, lesson to lesson, trying to apply the advice of Rabbeinu. Hopefully we'll try to start a, a podcast on Sikhot Aran, uh, Rabbi Nachman's conversations. Um, some books translated Rabbi Nachman's wisdom. A very, very practical book. that I think would work hand-in-hand hand with Likute and all the advice we've studied already for the past year. But nonetheless, let's hop into today's lesson. Rabbi Nathan says, I found this in the manuscripts this person brought me, but it wasn't written properly and in the way it should have been, in the proper order. And that which I found over there, that which I brought out from there, I copied, and this is it. וישב יעקב בארץ מגורי אבי בארץ כנען. רבנו writes this in his manuscript, he brings the verse. That Yaakov dwelled in the land of his father's dwelling. Yaakov decided to settle in the land of his father's dwelling, in the place where Yitzchak dwelled, in the land of כנען. Now רבנו brings another verse. אלה תורדות יעקב יוסף, these are the generations of יעקב יוסף, these are the descendants and the offspring of יעקב יוסף. It's also renictive. Another verse, My foot stood strong and straight, and in the congregations I bless God. So let's see what all these verses have to do with each other. Regel, the foot, when it says foot, when it says my foot stood strong, my foot stood straight and upright. What is regel? A foot, this represents faith. That upon faith, All the traits and the entire Torah in its entirety, the entire Torah dwells upon uh, faith and stands upon faith. Meaning faith is the foundation which everything else stands upon. The entire Torah and all the other traits stand under, uh, stand on top of faith. That faith is the foundation of, of, of everything. As it's brought down in another place, and it's brought down um, in the verse, it's brought down in the Gemara, That Chavakuk came and made the principle and stood in the entire Torah on one principle. What did he say? That Tzadik lives by his faith. That what is the principle of the entire Torah? The one principle, if we can come to the entire Torah, the one thing, Emunah, faith. Because Emunah is the foundation and the root of the entire Torah and all of service. And faith needs to be pure and clear without any confusion and admixture. That it shouldn't have any impurity or confusion or mixture. We know that emuna is the channel of all the influx and all the blessings that says the man of faith Is abundant, in, is abundant in blessings. And through these heresies, and through heresy and uh, these, um, this apostasy, 
as we saw in another manuscript, that what? When a person falls into heresy, then all the evil forces grab on to all these blessings and this influx. Because the reshaim go round and round. What is the reshaim? The wicked people represent those heresies which surround and go round and round the holiness, which is what faith. The arken, and therefore, when you allow, God forbid, these heresies to enter the mind, then faith is blemished. And what happens? They're able to take all these influxes and these blessings. God forbid. And what is it? The essential, the primary way that these heresies come to a person and confuse a person's faith is they solely stem from this concept of pride. Because one who has pride, God says, as brought down the Gemara Sota, and we've seen this before in one of the previous manuscripts, that what? Me, I, and this person cannot dwell together. We find that we see that through pride, a per- God leaves this person, and heresies befall this person. And these Heresies that befall a person is basically showing that God has left this person, and now these uh, what do you call it? that God has completely left, and God has hidden His face from him, from this person. And a person needs to pay attention with an open eye, with an open eye, to see His lowliness, to see the greatness and the exaltedness of God. And it's certain that this person, if he has an open eye to see it with consciousness where he stands and how low he really is, it's certain he will not get any pride and he won't fall into heresy. And how does a person do this? Through Shabbat. The concept of Shabbat. When you accept Shabbat with great honor and with proper holiness. Because Shabbat is the aspect of the eye. And this is playing a lot on the, the, the manuscript we did earlier with regard to um, Emunah. This, this amazing, amazing Torah that we did um, on the verse That verse, this is playing a lot on the same idea of Shabbat. That Shabbat is this idea that what? It's able to look within yourself. And we've seen this already in a few Torah and Likut Moran. Specifically this idea that Shabbat is able to look within your Midot. This idea of Shabbat, I believe in maybe in Lesson 67 of Likut Moran Tinyana. Or 66, I forgot. But nonetheless, that when your person accepts Shabbat with great honor and with proper holiness, that he's able to uh, subdue this concept of heresy. He Shabbat because Shabbat is the concept of the eye. And through Shabbat, one is able to see his own loneliness, his humility, and to see the exaltedness of God. Because if you take the letter Shin of the word Shabbat, it represents the Shin. The Shin has three heads, three sections to the, the letter Shin. If you look at the image of the letter Shin, it has three heads, three spikes. And those three spikes represent the three colors of the eyes brought down in the Zohar. Uvat, and the, le- the remaining two letters of Shabbat, if you take the Shin, is the, letter, the letters Bet and Tav, which represent Bat. And what's Bat? Ubkhinat Bat, and they represent the pupil of the eye. 
And through this, Shabbat, which represents the eyes. We see that you're able to look within yourself. You're able to see your own humility. Look in another place. You'll be able to see more of this. Uh, look in lesson 79 of Likutu Moran over there. It speaks about this idea. Nimtza, we find. That through guarding Shabbat, when you guard Shabbat, you're saved from pride and then you're able to merit faith. And this is what the Chachamim say. That it says in the Gemara, that one who keeps Shabbat according to the Halacha, that even if he did idol worship, like the generation of Enosh, he is forgiven by God. Why? Because through the guarding of Shabbat, one is able to break and to nullify these heresies, which are idol worship, and he merits faith. Shabbat is the essence of faith. It's the opposite of idol worship. And God forbid, when there's a blemish in faith, meaning that there's heresies and there's idol worship, through this judgment, Judgments rest on this person. Because as long as there's idol worship in the world, there's divine anger as well in the world. When there's idol worship, there's divine anger. And this represents the name Elohim, the name of God which represents judgment. Elohim represents the blemishing of the moon. Because Elohim represents the moon, it's the concept of kingship. Shemesh, or again, the sun and the shield is Hashem Elohim. Is Hashem and Elohim. Meaning the shield, which is Elohim, which is the moon. And Shemesh is Yudke Vavke. So we see Elohim is the moon. Because we say in the Gemara that the way we pronounce, the, God says basically that the way I'm written is not the way I'm read. That the way God is written in Yudke Vavke is not the way we pronounce it. We don't pronounce it Yudke Vavke. We pronounce it Alev, Daled, Nun, and Yud. We pronounce it Ado, Shem. Amonai, right? We don't pronounce it Yudke Vavke. We pronounce it in a different form. Because we read it Yudke Vavke, but we read it like Alev, Daled, Nun, and Yud. But in Olam Abba, we'll read it Yudke Vavke. And the reason for this is because of the blemishing of the moon, which is drawn through what the blemish and faith, as we said above. Alkin, therefore, it's impossible that the reading and the writing, the way that we read God's name and the writing of the God's name is one. It's impossible that it's the same way. Because the sun has never seen the blemishing of the of the moon. Because the, the reading and the writing represent what? The, the, the oral Torah and the written Torah. The written Torah represents obviously the writing of the God's name, the way we write it, Yud Kevavke. And the reading of the Torah represents the Torah Shabbat the oral Torah, which is the way we pronounce it, Alev, Dal, Nun, and Yud. Which represents Yud Kevavke, which is the written Torah, and Elohim, which is the oral Torah. Yud Kevavke is the sun. Levana, the moon represents Elohim. Bechinat Shemesh Umagen Hashem Elohim, as we saw in the verse. Shemesh Umagen Hashem Elohim. The Hashem, our God, is the sun and the shield. And because the moon is blemished nowadays, through the blemish and faith, which is the aspect of the moon, etc. 
על כן, אי אפשר שתהיה הקריאה והכתיבה כאחד, כדי שלא תראה חמה בגימתה של לבנה. Therefore it's impossible that we read and write, write the name of Hashem the same way, because the sun cannot see the blemishing of the moon, meaning it's, um, what do you call um, It's two separate concepts. But in the future, the moon will be filled from its blemish. And then we'll fulfill the verse, God is, that Hashem will be one and His name will be one. And the name Yudke Vavke will be written and read the same way. We find that the, person, the more a person merits more faith, the more a person merits faith, And the more a person grows in his faith, the closer this unification occurs, um, the more this unification occurs between the name Yudkevavke and the name Elohim. And they're encompassed together as if in the future. Yaakov represents the sun in the name Yudkevavke. As we see this in lesson one of the Kutimoran. And we know Yitzchak represents judgment, the name Elohim, which represents the moon. And this is what it says, dwelled in the land of his father's dwelling. What does that mean? Meaning that Yaakov united and settled within the concept of Yitzchak, meaning what? The Yudke Bavke, which is Yaakov, dwelled in Elohim. And you say that Hashem is Elohim. Meaning that Yudke Vavke and Elohim, the sun and the moon, united together. And this is why it says that Yaakov dwelled in the land of Kina'an. What does that mean? Kina'an, the Shon Hakna, Kina'an comes from the word submission. The Shifrut and loneliness. Because how does a person merit to unite the sun and the moon, this concept of Olam Abba? It's through what? Humility, loneliness. Because it's through this concept that one merits, through the concept of humility that one merits faith. And through that faith, one merits to do this. And this is what it says, These are the generations of Yaakov Yosef. Yosef, this represents the additions of Shabbat. The additional holiness of Shabbat. Because through Shabbat, one merits Shifrut, humility. Through this, a person merits complete faith. Through that faith, one merits to fill the blemish of the moon. And you unite the name Yudke Vavke and Elohim together. You unite the concept of Yaakov and Yitzchak. And this is what it says, my foot stood upright. Meaning what? Meaning when a person merits a strong and upright faith without any confusion. Gam, what happens also when a person merits this? I will bless God among the congregations. Because now I'm able to bless and to mention the name Yudke Vavke. Because now the blemishing of the moon has been filled. And Yudke Vavke becomes one with his name. Meaning what? Yudke Vavke and Elohim become one. And the writing and the reading will be one. And now, 
a person will merit to bless God's name within the congregation, then the name Yud Kevavke, blessed be He. Bechinat bemakenim avarech Hashem, and it said in the verse, Kan Iskala El, we said above, in the congregation, I will bless Yud Kevavke. And through this we merit this awesome influx of good, goodness and blessing. And this represents and connotes, and this symbolizes then the candles of Hanukkah. Because oil represents wisdom. And what wisdom represents the eyes. It says, Both of their eyes were open with regard to Adam and Chava. What did Rashi say that? What did that mean both their eyes were open? Upon wisdom this was said. Meaning what? That this is a reference to wisdom. What does it mean their eyes were open? It means that their wisdom was open. That the gates of wisdom were open for them. So what do we see? That wisdom represents the eyes. And we know oil represents wisdom. Through the eyes of wisdom one merits to see his own humility. How low a person truly is. When you see how low you are, then you'll merit truth, complete faith. And this is what we say. That what? That a person can... What's the, the time measurement for lighting the candle of Hanukkah? Up until the foot stops from the marketplace. That is the last time to light. The regged, the foot, what does it mean the foot stops from the marketplace? The foot represents faith, as we said above. And therefore, a person needs to pay attention with the eyes of his intellect until he purifies faith, which is the aspect of the foot from the marketplace. What's the marketplace? The place of the evil forces, the public place, the public area where all the evil forces are in, in its stronghold. This represents heresies. Because through the, the oil of the candle of Hanukkah, which represents the intellect, a person merits to see his own humility and he merits complete faith as we said above. It's an amazing idea. What a chidush. That's it for this manuscript. We continue a little bit. I also found within the manuscripts that the chavarim collected. Da. No, that there is a There's a There's a That one who knows how to use this grace, he's able to do a shelat chalom, this like almost interpretation of a dream, and he's able to know the future through those dreams. Because within all dreams, it's certain that there's future occurrences that are hinted there. It's just that there's a little bit of scraps within there and there's straw. There's, there's impurities there within the dream. You just don't know what's true and what's not true. It says over there, just as there's a field, there's no field Without straw, meaning it's impossible to find a field without straw. So too is it's impossible to find a dream without impurities there, meaning every single dream has aspects of falsehood or like things that aren't necessarily part of those future occurrences. But you have to know what they are. And there's also pure dreams. Within the dream I speak to him. That God is a way of speaking to some of the prophets was through dreams. And one who has this grace, as we said above, his dreams are certainly righteous. Because 
that the second someone else tells this person's dream before this person who has grace, all the straw, all the scraps, all the impurities within those, that dream falls from the dream. And through this, the person who's listening to the dream who has grace, he has a completely purified dream. He's able to only listen to the purity within the dream. And through this, he's able to interpret the dream and to know the future occurrences from them. And we know that Yosef had this grace. As we see in the verse. She says on the verse, that Yosef was above the eye, this content of Ben Porat Yosef. That what did Rashi say? This is an expression of grace, that Yosef had a certain grace. Through this, his dreams were correct, meaning that Yosef was able to interpret the dreams in a, in a proper manner. Because he was constantly using dreams as an interpretation. He constantly interpreted them. Because his dreams were right and they were constantly written in the Torah, they were constantly pure. Through this, he was able to interpret other dreams as we see in the Torah. Ba'uch Hashem, that's it for that part of the manuscript, that lesson. Binan Torah aresh nunuam v'chalet shem ata chule ayen b'chayem o'aran nesiyato l'ratizal ot chet. With regard to the lesson 256 in Nikutam O'aran, the first volume, which begins with the Segula Rabbeinu writes for the name of Hashem, which is called Ata. Look in the book Chayem O'aran with regard to Rabbeinu's journey to Eretz Yisrael, section 8. Over there for more about that Torah. Binyan Torah, tik'u tochacha, siman chet, odvav. Ayen chayem oran, tzichot ha-shayachim, la-torot, ot mem gimel. With regard to the Torah, lesson 8 of Likuta Moran Tinyana, the last Torah Rabbeinu ever gave, look in section 6 over, section six over there. Rabbeinu, uh, Rabbi Natan says, it points us to chayem oran in the section where Rabbeinu speaks about the Torah, the conversation which Rabbeinu spoke um, in relation to the lessons he gave. Look over there in that section. Look over there, lesson uh, number 43 over there. And with regard to that which Rabbeinu writes in Nikutem Moran Tinyana, lesson 50, that Rabbeinu says that a person, that a person can control his thoughts. Look in Chayim Oran, the book Chayim Oran, in the same section that we mentioned above, Sichot HaShayachim LaTorot, number 44. And Baruch Hashem, that's it for, um, that's it for Likut HaMoran podcast. Baruch Hashem, Azatov to all those who stuck with us. God willing, may we continue to do this every single year, continue to go lesson to lesson, to study Likut HaMoran Bekiyut and Be'iyun as well. Not just quickly, but also to analyze each, to pick a lesson, to stick with it for a few months at a time as Rabbeinu teaches us. As he writes this advice, he says, a person should have a seder bekiyut in Yikut and he should also have a seder be'ayun to pick a lesson and to stick with a lesson for a few months at a time and to do the avodat Hashem according to the way the lesson is mentioned over there. So Bezrat Hashem, may we have the merit to do so and to do the seder many times in our life, Bezrat Hashem, and also in the world to come as well to bring many people onto the Seder so that they too can study the words of Rabbeinu. And Be'ezrat Hashem, hopefully we will start a podcast very soon on Tzichot Aran. God willing, may Hashem give us the ability to finish this Bishkut Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Mazal Tov to everyone. And um, may we go Midal Galadalga from level to level, from strength to strength. 
um, applying the advice that Rabenu gives us to truly draw ourselves close to Hashem Yidbarach.